0: everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Jared Brown Podcast, 10 Fat Loss Truths and Tips from Having Coached Over 1,000 People. Uh, This is entering my 10th year of coaching and personal training, and I want to start sharing some more tips with you that will hopefully help you on your own journey. Uh, Luckily, this episode is not about posture, because if on the video here, I'm leaning back it's because I've just had a surgery, um, a hernia surgery, and I can't always sit up directly straight. So if I find myself leaning back, that's why, but hopefully it doesn't look too terrible on video. So jumping in, fat loss and changing the composition of the body, improving muscle mass, you know, getting leaner, it, it's such a, a common thing that our clients come to us for with our coaching. And it, sometimes people are often on the right path, but they're just not doing a few small things correctly. So I'll jump straight into it. Um, I like to try and keep these episodes more short rather than longer, and just try and keep them more interesting and value-giving rather than you know, me blabbering on for too long. So I'll jump right in. Number one, it's, you've possibly heard it before, but if you haven't, hopefully this helps. Number 1 is focusing on creating a calorie deficit by consuming fewer calories than you burn through exercise and daily activities. This is key for fat loss. And the fact is if, you know, you're not in a calorie deficit, you're not going to drop body fat and get leaner, okay? There are external factors like medications and, you know, some other I guess, medical conditions that can cause that, but for the most part and majority of the population, they often don't fall in those categories. So the first step is getting into a calorie deficit, which is going to get you on your way to getting leaner and dropping body fat. Now, how do you find what a deficit is for you? There are heaps of calculators online that can assist, and they're for free normally, and they're very quick to do and calculate um, us with EPM, with coaching, we use a different method where we just ask more personal questions for the person around their training, lifestyle, and health, um, eating habits, training uh, training history. And then we can assign macros and calories to them and tweak and measure as the, the days and weeks go on. Or we get them to track their food firstly to get an idea of where their calories sort of sit. But to find their maintenance, um, yeah, like I said, we use some more personal questions And calculate it from there. But for you today, um, a free way is just find one online and it'll ask you generally from memory. It will be uh, figuring out your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate. And then it gives you some calculations from there. Okay. So first thing is in a calorie deficit. Okay. You're either in a surplus, having too many calories, which means you'll be gaining weight over time. You're at maintenance, which is like your sort of um, stagnant or neutral, and then in a deficit means you are you should be losing weight from there or body fat. Number two, okay, is understanding your NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, and the importance of that. Okay, so there's at the end of this podcast, I'm going to explain the little trio or the triangle of importance. So the NEAT does come into that, and especially when we're coaching clients, it's, it's a huge role, okay? And it's very underestimated, and the importance is often uh, overlooked. But it, it does play a role also with your deficit, okay, from a, a more of an exercise or a movement standpoint. And also your total energy expenditure, it does play a role there. Because the deficit and what people don't understand is that sometimes they think that they're eating in a deficit and they may not be having many calories, but if their movement and their training is terrible or low, you won't be burning enough to be in a deficit either. Like it it, it goes hand in hand. And I've seen this often with clients and they're eating a low amount of calories, low being say between 1300 and maybe 1600 for a female. And they're saying they're in a deficit or, you know technically their calories are lower but their output so their training regime and their their neat or their their steps and movement are also really small which means the deficit is not very great or, or large it's just like a, a small deficit or it's no deficit at all and they're sitting at maintenance calories or they're in a surplus still which is possible <clears throat> so i'll give you a quick example on that uh, I had a client, and she was a nurse in her fifties. And she, uh, we often like to track the neat with a, a smartwatch or a you know some sort of uh, step tracker because a good way of summarising neat is just using your tracker on your watch because it tracks your steps and it helps gives us a general understanding of how active a person is. And the lady wasn't wearing a watch and. She came to me and wanted some help to lose some weight. She gave me her macros, calories. She told me how many days she was training per week, what sort of exercises she was doing. I had a great understanding of her macros and her food, and also the training she was doing. But I asked her about her steps and, like, you know, how active are you per day? And she she assumed or guessed that based on her job being a nurse, that she would do you know at least ten thousand a day, and. When we, she wasn't dropping weight at the time, this is many years ago now, and when we had to investigate a bit further and she started wearing a watch, we found she was only doing maybe six to 7,000 steps a day. So whatever her role was at the time in nursing, um, it was perhaps more of an admin role. Most people's understanding of, say, a nurse on the hospital floor might be very active and your steps might be quite high, but for someone in, like, administration or office roles, we find those clients often have very low step counts and the need for movement is higher outside of just work and training. So in that instance, she was like half of what we expected, which means it played a big role in how much her total energy expenditure was. So we were able to correct that pretty quickly once we knew what her steps were. Uh, Number three is Incorporate strength training into your workout routine. Okay, so building muscle mass can increase your metabolism and help with the fat loss. Um, There are many ways to exercise, but building muscle and uh, weight training just helps utilize calories better. Uh, It helps, I guess, you know, if you want to use the words tone, so get leaner and have muscle more. What's the word? Say present, or sorry, a terrible word actually. But you you just look more lean. You look leaner. You look more ripped. Whatever words you personally want to use, and it makes you look more athletic. Okay, so weight training is the go-to when trying to get leaner, have that toned look about you, get stronger as well. Like helps prevent injury. But from a fat loss standpoint, it's hard to beat. You know, some heavy weight sets some heavy weight sessions combined with eating well and moving outside of your sessions in the form of NEAT, okay? And just on that, number four with the weight training is focus on getting stronger and don't be afraid to get stronger. And this is especially from a a ladies or a female standpoint. It's, you know, the guys we have often, you know, they're they're happy to get stronger and they they don't want to, you know, they're not afraid of looking too big. And, but with the ladies, they often uh, are worried about, you know, looking too, too muscly or getting too big, but getting stronger won't make it look like Arnold Schwarzenegger from the 70s, but it will help gain more muscle mass in a healthy way. And when you have more muscle mass, there's a greater need for calories. And then when you have a greater need for calories, it means that you can eat more food with less chance of fat gain because your body's becoming more efficient at using the calories. Okay? And that in itself is highly effective for fat loss because your body is more efficient, you can eat more rather than have to diet too hard and even by weight training say three or four times per week, it's a great addition to also eating well and getting your need up as well. And number five is the importance of protein. Okay, Many people, so many clients that come to us for the first time just aren't eating enough And enough being, say, like, for a lady above, you know, maybe, say, 100 grams per day of protein and for a guy being above, say, 150, 160, body weight and, you know, diet um, dependent or depending. But uh, I'll put here um, that's in my notes. The importance of protein and basically a good rule of thumb could be anywhere between 1.5 grams of protein per kilo of body weight, all the way up to about 2.5, 2.6 is a really good starting point for both men and ladies, okay? And that number and that that variable can change, but it's a great starting point for, for many people, whether you're trying to lose body fat or gain muscle. But from a, a fat loss standpoint, uh, it also helps with uh, satiety and feeling fuller for longer. And I know personally myself that there's days where I've had really busy days with work and if I've missed uh, a shake or I've had, I've missed one of my higher protein meals, later in the day, I just start feeling a bit hungrier. And when I stop to think about it, I'm like, I don't think my day's changed much, but excuse me. And if uh, I do look back and I realize that my I've, I've skipped the shake or the high protein food, that that's usually the reason why. And it, it seems, it's one of those things where you don't Realize the importance of it until you actually start increasing it. And then when you start to miss it or or you're skipping on protein or it's too low, you actually realize how much hungrier you feel without it. And this is due to the amino acids that make up protein and the role they play with the metabolizing and the breakdown of them in the body. So once that's done, the sixth point I have here is being mindful of hidden fats like nuts, avocado, salmon, all healthy foods, but they're also on the higher calorie end and often these types of foods don't really provide the satiety that you're hoping for, like snacking on nuts and, you know, high calorie foods in the form of fat, it's they're like Very calorie dense. So just keeping in mind that with calories and macronutrients, from a calorie standpoint, our macros are protein, carbs, and fats. Protein give us 4 calories per gram. uh, Carbohydrates give us 4 calories per gram. And fats give us 9 calories per gram. So we're getting more than double the amount of energy density out of that with fats. And you can quickly rack up high calories with having a few extra fats here and there throughout the day or in one meal itself. So just be mindful of that because we see it a lot in the clients who are having trouble dropping fat. Sometimes their fat content is too high. And the other thing with fats as well, whilst they are important, um, fat is generally hard to, to metabolize for the body and it is also more easily stored as fat as well as opposed to protein and carbs just isn't. So fat is generally and more readily available to be stored as fat. However, protein and carbs aren't, okay? Carbohydrates are used more preferably by the body, and they're also broken down a lot easier. Number seven, hidden calories. Similar to fats, but hidden calories overall. Salad dressings is a bit more fattier. Chipotle mayo, those sort of things are a bit fattier. However, now we're going to talk more about beverages, such as soft drinks, energy drinks, fruit juices, even alcohol. And again, the big issue here is there's no satiety and you still feel hungry and not satisfied whatsoever after having the high-calorie beverages. And it's a very quick way to rack up a lot of calories without even realising it if you're having um, a meal with some high-calorie beverages too. Uh, Number nine, training intensity, or number eight, sorry, training intensity is horrible. And this plays a big role with just your overall approach to losing body fat. And many people come into our coaching program and their intensity is just low or they're struggling to challenge their their body and, you know, I guess, really break a sweat consistently. So quality training really just helps round off the entire approach that you're doing with burning body fat. And like in one of the earlier points, helps utilize food better and helps with that total energy expenditure, your TEE. And when the training quality picks up and you start getting stronger, and I've seen this in a lot of our clients, often things like their body fat starts to drop, they look tighter and their the amount of muscle they're carrying goes up as well, which is also a huge bonus. And you get that, that real leaner, athletic type of look about you. <clears throat> And ways to fix this is coaching can assist or training with a a more experienced person, like a friend or a buddy or a partner. And things to watch for with your intensity and trying to improve would be your exercise selection. So for example, rather than doing just like say heaps of, you know, glute kickbacks or bicep curls or, you know, lighter machines, going for the bigger movements like deadlifts and squats, and shoulder presses and bench presses, the ones that are big compound movements that can really and have to use a lot of uh, muscles to operate and function, and ones that make you really sweat and, and work really hard are a great option. Number of days per week plays a role. The tempo are you training really fast and your reps, you know, are uh, only one second eccentrics or negatives, and your just rushing through every single rep. Tempo plays a huge role. and we, we often adjust tempo a lot for the new clients in our program. And rest periods play a huge role. Are you resting for four or five minutes, playing on your phone, scrolling through TikTok, or are you sticking to the rest periods and having, say, between 60 and 90-second rest um, if the goal is to sort of keep your heart rate a bit higher and, and help get that leaner look as well? And you know, are any things like cardio being included, like some hit training, can also play a great role with just really rounding out your program and your, your fat loss program itself. Uh, number nine, portion sizes uh, with your food. Again, personally I've experienced this myself, and I, you know, the most recent holiday period I found that if I wasn't mindful, I was just like ready to like load my plate up with more food, but I wasn't even really that much, I wasn't really hungry. And throughout the year, I really track my food and measure it. But over Christmas time, there was less tracking going on. And I was just like sort of inclined to fill my plate up. But I, when I, before I did it, I sort of noticed I wasn't really hungry or even wanting more food, really, to be honest. So that's when I sort of just held back and was more mindful because it was just eating for the sake of it. And I think a lot of clients when they see us, this is a common thing, that their portion sizes are just really big and... It can be the difference between having an extra 30 to 40 to 50% more food than even what you need or what you feel like, but you're just so conditioned to fill your plate up, have an extra serving, have a third serving maybe. If you can stick to more controlled portion sizes and track and measure for a certain period of time to give you the awareness and knowledge needed to know how much of the food you're consuming is, it's a great start to not overeating constantly. Because a big part of this is just compounding habits. And if you know one one, two, three days of the week turns into a full week. And if you're constantly overeating, that's that's a quick sort of way to gain weight. And allowing it to happen less is what will really help control your overall calories for the day and for the week. And number ten will be is just the big three in the quick summary before we wrap this up. So the big three, just to reiterate for you, is one creating a calorie deficit for yourself and eating and and ensuring you're in a deficit. Okay, ensuring you're in a deficit is the three things, which is the deficit is from eating foods that help you stay under your maintenance. To put you in a deficit to start with. And then what supplements that and assist that is your training quality is really good. So number two, and you're training enough. Then number three is your NEAT. So your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Okay, And that is things like maybe cleaning the house, maybe playing with your dog. Uh, our body also has a a need and requirement for calories to function so organ function um thinking processes digestion everything um hormonal production uh regeneration of skin tissue cells and everything like that as well so even us just at rest sitting here breathing requires energy and calories obviously so your body does have that in the form of a basal metabolic rate or bmr and then The NEAT on top of that, you say like walking around, cleaning the house, uh, you know, playing with the dog, the kids, that sort of thing. Um, And you could, people often sort of, I guess, encapsulate that by using steps as a good measure because steps is pretty accurate with our smartwatches these days. And that's a great way to sort of, I guess, use that is look at the steps. And that's a good way to sort of give a good indication of what your NEAT is like on a day-to-day basis or week to week. So again, just quickly, the big three is your calories in a deficit. To help support that, it's done with food. And then training is is good and high quality. Making sure it's intense and quality sessions, folks to get stronger, and then also your neat, making sure your steps are high enough. A very good simple amount for neat or steps, I would say could be for many of our clients we see them start to drop. Again, there's many factors with this, but 10,000 steps and above is a great standpoint or a great great starting point. And I know that you know the I think the Australian government with the health system suggests 10,000 steps It's a bit of a blanket statement. But we have clients anywhere from sort of eight to nine thousand per day up to 15,000 or more in a cutting phase, and that is a great starting point, permitting that their training is good and their calories under control as well. I just had to come back in to cut into the podcast because I finished it up. But it's important to add it in around the protein mentioned as well. Like when our clients come and see us, they obviously, like, you know, eating a lot of protein through food only can be hard. And it's the very reason why I created uh, our protein company, uh, a nutraceuticals brand, you know, which is Ivy Nutra. So shameless plug, but when I or when our clients are struggling to get protein in, They, as soon as they start using like some sort of supplement to assist, which it literally does that supplement your protein needs, the process becomes much easier. So if you listen to this today and you're like, you know, damn, like getting enough protein in, you know, the amount that that I mentioned, Jared said, is is hard to hit. Using a protein powder like Ivy Nutra that we created here is a great addition to making that happen. So I just want to add that in because I often get questions on how do i eat enough protein and that's literally the reason why i created ivy was to help um, provide quality protein that is easy on the gut and very natural only five ingredients it's, it's the reason why i created it. It was for clients for us who were struggling to hit their protein needs and it was affecting their training and performance goals so yeah i came back in to cut that in it might sound a bit off during the podcast right at the end there but otherwise thank you for listening i appreciate you Uh, Any questions in regards to this podcast, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'm probably most active there across the socials. But otherwise, I'll see you on the next episode.